Hello, friends. Welcome to Explaining All the Things We're Eating Today with Jamie Wilson and my co-host, Miles Mancini. We're really excited today to talk about the 80s and comics, and I have a fun game planned for you. We're going to play the game right in the beginning? Yeah, I want to play it right in the beginning. I'm going to set the tone Great. because we're going to test your knowledge, and I think it'll be fun for our listeners to play at home before we start. Test our knowledge of what? Uh, Comics. Oh, comics. Okay. But more specifically, comics and music. Comics and music? Yes. Okay. So here it is. It's going to be a, a lightning fire round. Okay. There was, on the internet, <laughs> 10 best superhero theme songs okay, by a, songs. Um, okay. um, some random man who recorded a YouTube video. <laughs> I have not vetted this person. <laughs> so random man. Random man told us his opinion, and now I'm going to fire them at okay. you. I'm going to go from 10 to 1. I'm going to say it, and I need you to be able to sing or hum the theme song. Oh, no. You can do it. Okay, ready, set, no. Spider-Man Spectacular. I believe this is from the TV show. This is from the 60s. Do we know? Can you give me a date? Yeah, like, sure. Spider-Man, Spider-Man does whatever a spider no, can. Is that it? it's spectacular. It's a no, spectacular I one. I don't Maybe know that either. one came out before that. The only one I we, remember we, is... We weren't born, I don't think. I know, but there was one that was in syndication, a cartoon, when I was a kid, and I love that. In fact, our friends on Three Song Stories, when I was interviewed um, by Mike Canary... They ask, of course, what's a television theme song? That and that's the one you say. That's the one that I had. And I had all the words down, and now like I'm blanking out on what they are. I just know it's Spider-Man, we'll get, Spider-Man. We'll, we'll get to it. Okay. It's got to be on it, that list. It, it is. It is, but we'll get to it. Number nine, Batman Beyond. Beyond? I don't know. Batman Me either. Beyond. I don't know what that okay. song is. Okay, this one should be easier. Number eight, Avengers Assemble. You want me to sing Avengers Assemble? Yeah, I, or like hum it. It's like, I can't. I can't. That actually, you know, and that, that, and I have a criticism about that. And in fact, I read an article about that not that long ago saying that a weakness of the Marvel Cinematic Universe is that it doesn't really have memorable catchy tunes. With the exception of like Black Panther, I think that's the one that you can like recognize instantly by Mm -hmm. the music. So when Black Panther shows up, like you can hear his music, like, oh, that's Black Panther. Yeah. But I couldn't tell you what Captain America's music is or Iron Man. Again, this is a random man. Okay. I know you know this one. Number seven. Teenage Mutant Ninja, Ninja Turtles. Teenage Mutant Ninja, Ninja Turtles. Turtles in a half shell. Turtle power. I know something about this. What? The guy that wrote that song is like a big time TV like writer or executive producer. And I, I remember this because I watched an episode of, uh, here's a plug for a TV show that's kind of fun. It's called The Toys That Made Us. Oh, I love that show. Yeah. Yes. And they focus on Barbie or Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And the guy, and I, I'm so angry that I can't remember his name because you would recognize his name. He's like, like a lot of the biggest shows, the biggest like sitcom TV shows. He's either written or maybe co- one of our produced. listeners can tell us. and when he was starting out he he wrote that song that teenage mutant ninja turtles it's catchy it okay, okay. Catchy. this goes along with number eight probably this is number six justice league justice league i don't know the theme okay. song on that one. number five spider-man you already sang that that one. was the one that yes. should be number one well okay. no that one and we'll, the and the batman from oh, the 60s okay ready number four x-men i don't know how to sing x-men number three you should know this one Superman. Superman. Yeah. I mean, like Superman from the 70s. Yes. yes. Like Christopher Reeves, right? That's that's, uh, John Williams, right? John Williams did that one. I'm trying to think like, because I always mix that one up with like, uh, you know, Raiders of the Lost Ark and that. I I always think of the Jurassic Park song. No, it's not. I'm doing Star Wars. I'm doing Star Wars. You're doing Star Wars. Well, because the guy wrote all the, he wrote Star Wars, he wrote Superman. I'm all confused. Okay. And then number two and number one, this random man on the internet is listed Batman, the movie, as number two. 
2 and number 1 Batman the animated series. What's the is there a different song for each? He played a different song, and I had yeah. no idea. Well, first of all, I'm annoyed that he did not cite Batman from the 1960s with Adam West, because that was the classic. Batman! I mean, that, those are great lyrics, because you don't have to remember yes. anything. But So that was great. I don't remember the Batman anime. I, re- I watched the Batman animated series, but I can't remember the mm-hmm. theme song to that. Of course, the, the Batman 1989 movie, which was directed by Tim Burton. Yes. The incredible Danny Elfman wrote... <coughs> The uh, wrote the music for that must be the number two that he's yeah. talking about. Oh, that sounds familiar to me. Danny, again, just like John Williams, Danny Elfman is really recognizable. Interesting fact about that do you know who was supposed to write the Batman theme and all the music for Batman? Uh, the, the Batman from 1989. Do you know what very famous rock star pop artist, uh, probably one of the considered one of the greatest of all time, no longer alive? Oh, God. I, I, I mean, the literally the only person I can think of is the Rolling Stone guy. And <laughs> no. he's still alive, I think. No, so he, this guy actually wrote a, wrote the music for Batman, like the soundtrack, which is not to be confused with the score. So Danny Elfman oh. wrote the score. And Danny Elfman was asked to write the score with this incredible artist, but he refused because he worried that he wouldn't really... Danny Elfman was just starting out, so he figured, if, mm. if I'm going to do this, I got to do this by myself, mm-hmm. and I can't be working with a legend because the guy was already a legend in 1989, and that would be Prince. <gasps> Prince, Prince yeah. really? Yeah, there's, in fact, uh, he wrote a song on that album. He wrote a bunch of the Batman songs, if that for that soundtrack. And uh, he wrote a song called Bat Dance. And it's, it's it's uh, I can't really hum it because there's a lot of like. Maybe we'll put a little snippets. link to that. When bat we, Dance, when that's we, a fun one. We do that. I would say Bat Dance is right up there. But that soundtrack, 1989, Tim Burton's Batman, not just the theme song for Batman, but that soundtrack is a very good soundtrack because it was written all by Prince. Hmm. So we learned a lot. <laughs> let's let's get ready to eat miles <laughs> <laughs> okay let's go eat <laughs> what happens when you hit the wrong button listen we're just doing the best we can uh we're going to talk about comics of the 80s and what our listeners should know is we you and i are both children of the 80s children of the 80s but i will be forthright in all of all of the context of our podcast when i say i didn't read comics in the 80s however i do enjoy the movies that had been made from comics yeah so i have some um, correlations to the the comics, but probably most likely not as strong as yours. Yeah, I don't know about that because I really became more of a super fan of comics in the '90s. So I sort of cheated when we looked at our materials for this uh, module, this part of the course. You know, we put in you 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 put in some awesome contextual readings about the 80s for comics and uh, and also an entire history which was great as well but uh i recommended a tv show which i highly recommend out there it's uh, on amc it's called the secret history of comics it's produced by robert kirkman and if you don't know that name you should because he's a pretty significant player in the comic industry as he wrote and created the walking dead series which Mm. of course was adapted into a tv show and he's a producer on that too but i chose an episode of that series which really talked more about uh the genesis of image comics which is a a, still a brand uh, a publisher today and that image comics really came out in the early 90s so i sort of cheated with it but the artists that were working for 
the, the ones that started it. So Image started in the early 90s, but they were started by, I think, four or five artists that were working for Marvel at the time. Hmm. So they were really making their uh, sort of name for themselves in the 80s. So that's why I chose that particular episode, because they really come from the 80s. They come from, you know, idolizing Marvel and DC and just growing up in that environment and just to be amazed, like, here, I made it. I finally made it. Like, you achieve your dream. What's your dream? To work for Marvel, right? So somebody might have a dream right now that says, I would love to be creating Marvel movies, just like we see the MCU Mm -hmm. or Marvel TV shows or working for Disney. Disney Plus, whatever. And then they achieve it, right? And they're considered the wonder kids. They're considered like this, they're, they're young, they're t- in their 20s, and they're re- like reinvigorating the industry. So some of the names are Rob Liefeld, um, uh, who's the other guy? Jim Lee. These are guys that were working on Spider-Man. Uh, Todd McFarlane. He was another one that worked on Spider-Man. If you're a fan of Venom, um, he's really the guy that that that, that drew Venom and and really what we know of, of as Venom in the '80s, going into the to the '90s. And these guys were just they achieved their dream, but they were really dissatisfied. Hmm. They realized that everything about their dream, maybe they didn't understand what it's like to work for Marvel, and so they they decided to try something revolutionary, which was we're going to go start our own comic publishing, you know, and do our own thing with it and see what happens. And it's a pretty crazy story. So I encourage everyone to watch Secret History of Comics. I believe it's episode seven uh, from that series, which talks about how these these kind of crazy young artists decide to start their own comic. That's so cool. I think one of the things I picked up the most from the uh, TJ Deitch, oh, I want to yeah, say. Yeah, Marvel Deitch, Comics yeah. in the 80s. Yeah. Uh, first of all, I love Daredevil and The Punisher. Yeah. Like, I, I really enjoyed those, uh, what they were made into Netflix episodes. And yes. that's how I really got yes. I got exposed to them, yes. first of all. But I also enjoy that he really drew a connection between the real social issues that were explored in comics, which were really, really groundbreaking um, to do in the 80s. Now, obviously, in the 80s, we also had this, like, war against drugs, Mm -hmm. like, to give people who weren't around. But that was, like, Nancy Reagan, right? Mm -hmm. Like, that was that kind of focus. So we had this environmental focus. You had drugs. You had animal cruelty. You had kidnapping. You had gun violence. And... That was revolutionary. People weren't talking about that stuff. And for it to be in comics that were drawn uh, to expose, like, hard issues, I think people in this day and age take that for granted. Yeah, for sure. I think, you know, what's interesting that you point that out, the, the title of that article, right, is that it's not just Marvel's not just for kids anymore. Right. Something like that. Yes. And and so what... Uh, do we know how to say his name? Deitch? 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 I want to say Deitch. Deitch. We'll say Deitch. Yeah. T- or TJ. TJ. TJ Deitch. Yeah. So what TJ is saying there in the article is is true that that the 80s are sort of this throwback to a previous time because I think we look at comics as being a medium that's meant just for children. Mm-hmm. I think it still gets that stigma, yeah. you know? Like that's why even when people pick up the books, they say, oh, I'm reading a graphic novel, right? Because novel carries more weight. And if you say, you know, somebody looks at, oh, that's a comic book. It's mm-hmm. almost like a put down, right? Mm-hmm. A comic is a put down. Comic strip, you know, what is that? So, but what you realize is that, you know, comics have this rich history, you know, from the 30s, the 40s, the 50s, the 60s, that established it as a medium that was being used not just for kids, you know? So if you go back to the 1940s, for example, you realize that comics were used for, 
supporting our troops. Right. It was something they needed. They the publishers had to put out material for the troops to read and and to to keep them while they're away. And how can you convey information? A lot of it was through comics in the '60s. We talk about this in some of the classes that we teach. Mm-hmm. Comics were used by civil rights leaders like Martin Luther King uh, to send out the message of what the Montgomery bus boycott was going to be all about. You know, so the com- comics have have as a medium. I think they get labeled as being something for kids, but we have to remember it's, I think that's the problem is that sure. Is there a lot of kids stuff that's in that medium? Absolutely. But it'd be like saying that like television's just for kids, you know, right. or that movies are just for adults, right. you know? So, and we know that both of those media uh, utilize lots of different audiences. Mm-hmm. So I think we have to get out of the whole, like, yes, you, you and I are looking at content. Like what was the content in the eighties? But comics is it's just a medium itself so what what is it being used for and then what you see in the 80s is okay they're taking these superheroes which have been around for quite some time in the 60s and 70s you see the rise of a lot of these superheroes like uh spider-man and mm-hmm. then of course even daredevil and all that but then you have people like uh frank frank miller that come come into uh you know into the scene and frank miller is pretty significant because he's going to have his mark on the world of the punisher which we learn yeah. about and he's going to have his mark on uh people like batman uh superheroes mm-hmm. like batman to really bring Batman into the uh, 20th century and then ultimately the 21st century. Uh, There was a listener question by Kay Terry, and she actually brings up what you were just alluding to. And I want to spend a minute talking about that is the question, how do you think the culture of the 30s and 40s influenced the creation and popularity of characters like Superman and Batman? So just, just also... The historical context, yes. right? Like Superman and Bat- Batman stood for very historically appropriate things in that time period. Right, right. Yeah. And so you look at the genesis of, of Superman and I'm going to mess up because I, I can't. Do you, do you happen to write down the names of the two creators of Superman? Mm. I no, I I thought about it, but I <laughs> was too ter- busy looking up terrible. the superhero songs right. from the random man and on I the internet. Have, I should have it in my notes too. <laughs> so so for the for our listeners out there, uh, you sh- uh, uh, I think it's Siegel. Is it Joe Siegel? And that sounds right. It's like Siegel and Schuster, but I think that's yeah. like a publishing. Like that sounds like a book publisher. Like, isn't that Simon and Schuster? Yes. I mix it up with that, but I think it's like Jerry Siegel. And then I think of Jerry Seinfeld. It's really bad, but I'm pretty sure it's Siegel and I think it's Siegel and Schuster. We're showing our age here. Again, yeah. 80s of the comics. Right. We're tired. So, but Superman, you know, it's the genesis of the, from these two young guys that are basically bullied and mm-hmm. they happen to also be Jewish Americans and they're sometimes criticized for being Jewish, right? Especially at that time in the mm-hmm. 1930s, we, you know, anti-Semitism is a real thing. It's a real thing in 2023. It's a real thing back in the 1930s, especially back then. And so, you know, imagine that you're being marginalized because of what you look like, uh, you know, the religion that you belong to, mm-hmm. you know, and, and of course, they're not wealthy individuals. And they create sort of like their idea, their escape was to, right. to create this, this Superman that that uh, you know if you look at you know what Superman actually is right he's this alien that comes from a different mm-hmm, planet mm-hmm. and he's there and so that Genesis I think it it really spoke to you know and he, what is he there to do right help save the day help people uh, you know and of course that endures that message endures so I think it's really cool that they took somebody somebody I think that's really interesting uh, as well to just jump into another decade the 1940s 
You have somebody like Jack Kirby and Joe Simon. There, I got the the creators correct on that one. Um, But you have Joe Simon and Jack Kirby. Jack Kirby has a huge influence on both Marvel and DC. And he's responsible for, or they are responsible for Captain America. Yeah. And one of the first depictions of Captain America is in the 1940s. And he's on a comic and he's punching Hitler. Right. That's a very famous image. You should go check it out. And we'll link it somewhere so you can take a look at it. We look at that today and we just laugh like, ha ha, you know, of course, Captain America, he fought Nazis. But, but keep in mind the context, right. he, he was put, they were posting this at the time when Hitler is at the height of his power. Right. We weren't even necessarily at war with them at that point. We had not yet even gotten into World War II and that image was depicted. So imagine we're putting, I don't know. Putin today, right? Mm-hmm, Something mm-hmm. like that. Uh, you know, another world leader is what I'm mm-hmm, saying, mm-hmm. right? You put another world leader on the cover of a comic that so many people are going to see, and this representation of America is punching Kicking him. it down. Yeah. yeah. And people were really upset. I, I, From what I read about Joe Simon, he said that his life was threatened because mm. of that depiction. The mayor of New York at, to- at the time, in 1940-whatever, uh, had to, to, to have security uh, protect them and the publishing company, uh, which was timely comics back then timely comics would eventually become marvel comics mm. uh so yeah they i mean but we again we don't think about the history of it right but taking on anti-semitism taking on nazis real taking on real issues, issues right. and depicting it in comics that was not like kid stuff yeah. in the 30s and 40s so today you know or in the 80s we sort of see a return to that yeah um i i never thought about until you said about superman is that a lot of times these are written from an underdog perspective so you think of spider-man you think of superman you think of the daredevil character right uh so it is it's kind of drawing out their fantasy uh we have another question from uh, chelsea m uh, similar along the lines, but I wanted just to also make make this as a conversation starter. She asks, uh, what impact do you think these darker themes and storylines had on the evolution of the superhero genre as a whole? Do you, I mean, do you think that they're um, still dark? Would you oh, consider yeah. it still dark? Yeah, yeah for sure. Um, so what I love about comics today, I, I guess it could be also a, a blessing and a curse, right? Today... You have such a wide range of comics that are geared towards lots of different audiences. Yes. So, and they're not just superheroes. Mm-hmm. That that's one of the reasons that uh, I I like that episode of the secret history of comics because image comics what it is today versus what it was in the 90s if you look at what image comics were in the 90s it's very like typical glossy superheroes with bulging biceps or big breasts right yes. it's like one or the other right, right. Like, yeah. or, or both yeah you know <laughs> and so you know and and today you know what image comics has become is it's a place for uh, one of a, a few places for independent comics for you know comics to explore issues that are very serious issues today whether it deals with racism mm-hmm. today or sexual uh, and gender identity uh, all of those things are now part of the comics world that they can deal in very adult ways now i say it's what's the curse of that well the problem is today versus say 1985 not everybody's reading the same thing or looking at the same thing so when spider-man does something back in 1985 1986 versus some comic we've never really heard of or you're not involved with it's a whole different it's a whole different kind of thing so it's not reaching as large of an audience mm-hmm. as one, one, what it once was as far as the dark part of this I think what's interesting too to remember if we look at our history and this was uh, from the Taylor Ramsey article yes. um, if we look at our history of comics 
we look at what happens in the 1950s and the 1950s is a significant time because that's considered a time where comics are really like kind of plummeting, right? It's post-war. So there's no longer that need in the forties mm-hmm. when we're pumping out comics and all that. And what really does it in, uh, is what's called the comics code, comics code authority, C C C A, uh, which basically restricts what can be depicted in comics. So prior to 1950s, Comics could depict adult themes. They could Mm -hmm. show things, whether it's sexuality or they could show different elements of violence. And so some of my favorite comics uh, came out in the like 40s and they were part of EC comics. You know, I love horror. Mm -hmm. Well, the things like Tales from the Crypt or Vault of Horror, those all started out as comic anthology series. And so those comics were propagated by EC comics and eventually EC comics essentially has to fold up in the 1950s because the comics code just shuts it down. You can't show sex. You can't show so much violence, that kind of stuff. So the 80s is sort of this tipping point where it's moving away. So the CCA uh, is not as much, uh, you know, it doesn't have as much of an impact. And of course, the genesis of CCA, it's like history. Everything repeats itself. What do we blame on our troubles in society today you know violence and all that kind of stuff the first thing we usually say video games right. that kind of, or, or, or right. movies or whatever mm-hmm. it happens music, music. right all yeah. those things right so back in the 50s it was a psychiatrist by the name of dr wortham who goes after comics and says there's a correlation between violence and all the the ills of society and what's being depicted in a comic book so Taylor Ramsey says that the 1980s was uh, the creative high point. Yeah, I think Taylor is a little bit like nostalgic. You, yeah. <laughs> well, he he also like if you scroll all the way down, Taylor's also like I write this and my wife helps me put this out on the internet. So again, <laughs> I t- take it with a grain of salt. But he did mention something that completely surprised me, and I'm sure you know about this. Watchmen yeah. was named Time Magazine's list of 100 greatest. English language novels of the 20th century. That just blew my mind. Yeah. Watchmen's a really great, it's a great book. I think there's a lot of, he's right in the sense that there are a lot of great writers that, uh, that really come out of the eighties and great and and great artists, because I just cited the people like Liefeld and, uh, and McFarlane and those are artists, right? So uh, again, I think what, what's really cool about comics is it's a collaborative process, Mm -hmm. right? So even the early days of Marvel with Stan Lee and Jack Kirby, you know, you have the guy that's sort of the conceptual writer guy, you have the artist guy, but they're not isolated they're Mm -hmm. working with each other and this is where the artists sort of get rubbed the wrong way because they're not labeled as a writer but they're crafting stories too yeah they're great storytellers and they have ideas behind the story as well or behind the character as well so they have rights to that character as well right i mean unless uh, the whole rights thing is is another issue not for this particular podcast (laughs) but yeah you have people like alan moore i brought my alan moore comic here mm. i have uh this the joker is, yeah so this is the killing joke it's a great that's a great book if you have the opportunity to read it alan moore is really credited it's so and so is frank miller with bringing batman into the 80s 90s 2000s that's when thing you know batman becomes like edgier and dark because mm-hmm. before that batman as a comic Early days, sure, it was serious. He was like a detective and all this other stuff. But then when it, when Batman's brought to television, he becomes campy and silly. So like in the 60s, the show that I grew up on, the the the, the live action version of Batman, which mm-hmm. was not during our time, but it was in syndication. Right. 
that show was very campy with robin yeah that's with the one robin. where they're wearing the tights and they're yes. running around and they're saving gotham yes. and all that so if you grow up on that and you're like oh batman's kind of like lighthearted, whatever so then you have people like alan moore come around and they they really make they have a serious take on superheroes and they're also sort of judging that's what's great about Watchmen is it's really a critique of superheroes as well you know and we see that today the 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 evolution of that today is when we watch things like uh, or we read things and watch things like uh, generation v uh, mm-hmm. or the um, the boys you know that people i know are fans of those sort of modern mm-hmm. iterations and that's direct link to alan moore and the watchmen if you don't have that you don't have what we have today so we're looking at like the grandfathers and grandmothers have really set the stage for what we are experiencing and enjoying today. Absolutely. I think almost everything that we consumed, you cited earlier, like being a fan of some of the shows that were on Netflix, which mm-hmm. I don't know if they're still even available on Netflix with the way those rights all work. Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Because they're probably taken off and put on Disney+. Plus. Yeah, yeah. I don't, yeah, I don't know. But th- what was great about those shows, they really are throwbacks to like Daredevil is definitely the Frank Miller Daredevil is what you're seeing. And what, what was so great about that all of those shows, maybe most of those shows, definitely Daredevil. Um, in contrast to what we saw with the Avengers and all the, mm-hmm. the big movies, I wouldn't say those movies were campy, but they definitely had all the glitz and glamour yeah. and like light, lots of lights and lots of special effects. Whereas Daredevil felt very grounded. Edgy. And very real. real it felt darker. It was gritty. Mm-hmm. It felt like, oh, this this actually could be a guy. Like this could be a superhero right. in New York. It didn't feel like something like that's not Iron Man creating some crazy right. suit. It felt very realistic. And that is a throwback to what they were trying to do in the 80s when Frank Miller was working in stories and Alan Moore creating these stories as well. Well, I I cannot wait until next week where I get to maybe get to be an expert for just a little bit talking about theater. You're always an expert. No, no, you have I'm not. Lots of expertise. <laughs> I'm really good at researching random internet people. <laughs> so thanks for listening yeah. to Eat and uh, join us next time for theater.